You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. Everybody and welcome to the Paranormal Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Thomas. Thank you all for being here and thank you for being a part of what we're doing, meeting lots of new listeners all the time, and we have you, all of you to thank for that. You guys are making this possible, but uh, if you have a paranormal story of your very own that you'd like to share, please give me an email at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com and I'll get in touch with you and we'll get it dialed in and get you on the show as well. But I got a fantastic show lined up for you today, one I'm really excited to bring you. And uh, we're going to be welcoming Ben from New York to the show, who's had a whole host of really cool spiritual experiences and, and seeing apparitions and stuff. So we're going to get into this. I hope you guys are ready because we're going in. Ben, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, thanks for having me. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Uh, you know, you and I have bounced emails back and forth, and I really appreciate that we were able to get this all lined up so that we could have this discussion. But uh, just in reading your emails, you've really uh, you've seen some pretty incredible things, brother. Yeah, I've had quite a few. I've had quite a few. Um, you know, some sound silly coming out of your mouth when you're thinking about it, but uh, oddly enough, you know, they happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like you kind of keep it to yourself and i'm glad that you're giving us a platform to actually come out and speak about stuff like this oh yeah and you know it's really my pleasure this is actually my favorite part of doing the shows is, is hearing from the people who are experiencing these things firsthand because i mean then we can have a discussion then we can talk about ideas and stuff so i'm glad you're here but i suppose the best place to start is where did all this start for you? When I mean, was there a certain age when you had, was it an early experience? Was it later in life? Uh, set the stage for us, will you? Uh, oddly enough, I think it's uh, people early in age, babies, children, uh, are more sensitive mm-hmm. to this type of stuff. So I definitely think that when I was younger, uh, I had more experiences. But, you know, they're, they're far and few now. But when they do happen, they, you know, it's, it's crazy. Um I'm not a psychic by any means. I don't talk to dead people. Mm-hmm. I've had them speak to me, you know, oh. but there's very little communication. You don't always see them. I guess it's it's whatever they can muster up. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that sticks out, you know, in my mind early on is I want to say I was nearly ten to twelve years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, the house that we lived in on Long Island was actually haunted. Uh, it was haunted by a gentleman that lived in the house. He was my, one of my aunt's boyfriends. Uh, he lived at the house with us. Uh, not when I was there, I was, wasn't born at the time. Uh, but he had passed away. Um, I want to say when he was 20, 22 mm-hmm. years old, uh, he was visiting family in Jersey 
and he had asthma attack, and he had passed away, but he lived in the house where my grandparents owned on Long Island. So I eventually moved into that house uh, with my grandparents, and he was all over the place. He would hear him running around at night. Um, I saw him once. Um, I think everyone in the house has seen him. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't. He didn't speak to anybody, but you would see the outline of a person walking up and down the attic stairs. Wow. Uh, that's how I saw him. I was, you know, alone in my house one day, and I was a kid out of the shower, and walking down the attic stairs was, you know, a blurred vision of a man. Wow. And he kind of looked. You know, he stopped. He looked at me. I looked at him. I, I was frozen. I didn't know what to do or say. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and he just saw that I was nervous, and he walked into the bathroom and disappeared. Like, it was crazy. Like, That's cool. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Right. Uh, speaking of my, my grandmother about it, you know, she was aware of who it was. My grandmother wasn't a psychic either, but she had a lot more of that talent, is what we would just call it. Sure. Uh, and to, our, to us and our family, it kind of skips a generation. So my parents didn't have any of it. My grandmother had it in spades. Oh. Uh, my children, to my knowledge, don't have it. Uh, so it kind of skips because my grandmother had eight children all together. Maybe two of them had that same ability, and then their kids maybe hit or miss one or two. Wow! You know, but they don't talk. We don't talk about it. No one talks about it because it's weird. Yeah. You know, no, you know, no, no one really believes it. Uh, so that was pretty much the first thing. He did talk to my mother and this guy, which was weird. Um, he was whispering to her as she was sleeping. That's what I think they do, because I've had that happen to me several times. They can't get you when you're awake, because you're not, you're not prone to it. You're not looking for it. Right. But when you're asleep, your guard's down. Mm. So I've had times where they, you know, people are talking to me. I didn't know. When in my sleep, and that's what happened to my mother. She was sleeping. Uh, this guy was friends with my dad, because we lived together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was telling us secrets about the things that him and my dad used to do together. <laughs> and my mother woke up and started asking my father 50 questions. And he was taken back, because... You know, he had no idea how she would know any of this. Right. And it was him. It was Robert. You know? oh. uh, funny part is, he didn't, he wasn't at rest until my grandmother actually got in touch with uh, his brother and sister. Oh. And asked if Robert had a grave, a headstone on his grave. They said he didn't. You know, we said that we'd pay for it because he's obviously, he's not at rest. Right. And as soon as the headstone went up, he was at peace. He disappeared. That was wow. the end of it. That's pretty crazy, huh? It is not, right? Yeah, because you know, I, I didn't, I, I understand that there must be a, a sense of closure to that, but just something so symbolic like that was so important to him, and and maybe it's just because that way his his name will be remembered. I don't know, but that is that's really powerful. I'd be off too if I had a brother and sister, and no one cared enough to put a yeah. headstone on my grave. I'd probably hang around too. It's, <laughs> but it's funny; it's cliche. It's that. That movie stuff, Unfinished Business, you know, like yeah. you don't want to believe it because it sounds so far-fetched, but in actuality, I think people do have certain things that they need to get done, yes. and if they don't get done, they can't rest, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with it's you. strange. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely strange. Wow. So that's a pretty powerful experience from a young age, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably stuff that I can't even remember happening, you know, until the story that I told you. That one was pretty... That was pretty strong. That was pretty creepy. Yeah, as please, well. please share that one. Well, this happened at that time. I was like 12 years old. I'm now an adult. I was 22 at mm-hmm. the time. I was living on Staten Island uh, with this woman that I used to. I was engaged to. Okay. Uh, she had two small children, 12 and 13. Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't in a good place at that time. My father had just passed away. I was very depressed. I was very focused on my depression. Okay. I wasn't happy. I wasn't really thinking. Mm-hmm. I wasn't being very open-minded to anything. Sure. So I was you know, still a chef. I was still working in Manhattan. So I was getting ready for work one day. I'm doing my hair in the mirror. And a kid, little girl, was walking past the bathroom, kind of poked her head in the bathroom, and then walked into her daughter's room. So I called to my then fiance. I'm like, hey, did you, did you just get up and come to the bathroom? Do you need something? She said, no, I haven't moved. I'm sitting on the couch and watching TV. Mm-hmm. But all right, it is, uh, let's say Angie. Is Angie home right now? No, Angie's in school. So, wow. you know, I got, at that point, I got goosebumps. I had no idea who this, who this kid was. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I've dealt with things like this in the past, so I knew the feeling. Right. But, you know, wasn't really, I was focused on going to work, so I really didn't think to it. I was thinking about it, but not too much into it. 
Mm-hmm. And then I believe like a day later, I'm going out to the bus to go to work again. And the gentleman that owned the apartment building was outside doing whatever he does, you know, checking up on his property and making sure everything was good. You know, and I asked him, I'm like, you know, who, who owned this place before? Who was here before we were here? Mm-hmm. And he said, um, you know, place was boarded up for a while. You guys are pretty much the first tenants. I'm like, so what happened? And he was like, what do you mean? Nothing happened. It was just boarded up. I'm like, something happened in this place. Mm-hmm. And you got to choose your words carefully. You want to get information from the guy. Right. You don't want to, like, spook him up. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I can't ask him, hey, you know, who's the dead kid walking around the house? Number one, he's going to think I'm out of my mind. Right. And number, number two, the, the conversation is going to be over. But, you know, he asked the right questions, and, you know, he was honest with me about it. He said that the place was boarded up. Um, there were homeless people that were breaking in and staying there for warmth. Uh, just so happened, I stayed in, you know, the house wasn't in a great part of Staten Island. It was, it's in a place called Shatlin. Uh, Shatlin is a ghetto. Okay. Uh, around the block from where we lived was a, um, was a project house. So mm-hmm. if you're from New York or you're from any urban area, you know what the projects are. They're big grouping of buildings. You know, a lot of times there's, you know, drugs going on, gang violence going on. Sure. So apparently a kid that lived in that building uh, was taken by a homeless guy. And she was, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I should say this next part yeah. or if I should try to just cuddle yeah. it up for the, for the audience. Just, uh, yeah, gentle, gently. <laughs> uh, they took the kid inside and she basically, she met Arenda. And it was in the, the bedroom where I saw her walking into. So after that, it kind of opened up my eyes that something happened here. Right. This kid was in arrest. So I reached out to my grandmother, who was alive at the time. Mm-hmm. And she uh, she told me what to do, which was, you know, go get some holy water from a church, uh, preferably Roman Catholic church, because we're Roman Catholic, and, mm-hmm. you know, start repeating prayers as you're putting holy water in every single corner, every corner in the apartment. You can't miss anything. Right. And you have to be repeating the Lord's Prayer each time, and hopefully that will be enough. Turned out, in this occasion, I think it was enough, because that was it. Aww. I didn't see the kid anymore. I didn't hear it anymore. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, the kid found some peace. But that was, it definitely stuck with me all these years, and I still think about it. Yeah, that's, that's a horrible, horrible thing, and especially especially when it's children. I mean, you know, there's yeah. there's something beautiful and sacred about children, obviously, and when, and when that's, when they are so horribly mistreated, it's just such a scar on the face of all humanity. It is. Yeah. It is. There's definitely, you know, to every good there's evil, unfortunately. And Sure. Wow. Yeah, I don't even know how to comment on that. It's just awful. It's awful. It I'm is. I'm not sure how anyone could do that to a kid, but yeah, yeah. there are people that do it. Yeah, there are. Now, you had mentioned uh, this, the, that you got that, that feeling, and have you noticed that, that you get feelings, a specific kind of sensation when you're around something spiritual? Yeah, you can you can feel another person, and you know that that person is not supposed to be there. Like, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not a feeling that if I'm standing next to you, you know, it's, a, it's an off, off feeling. Right. And sometimes you know, the, you know the person, and you know their feeling. And you know that they're still around. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's hard to explain, but it, it's, it's definitely, for people that are sensitive, it's, it makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, I think, that, I think that probably all people have that kind of sensitivity. And then uh, I've talked about it on the show many times, and then it comes up all the time in, in stories of people having encounters or just in, in really weird situations. And it's the feeling of being watched. It seems mm-hmm. that people just have that innate sixth sense that we know when we're being observed. And it's, it's like a, a very physical sensation that we, we perceive somehow. And I think maybe, maybe it's some kind of like uh, evolutionary carryover from when you know, we lived in the wilds and things were hunting us. And we just were able to pick up on the sensation of, uh-oh, something is looking at me now. This is not good. And... But but we hear about that all the time. We know when we're being watched, and I think that that's that's kind of cool. I, I think I think it's it really. There's got to be something to that. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, and you hit it right on the head with that. It is a feeling like you're being watched, mm-hmm. and definitely, and definitely. But it's the same thing because I think I just heard you talking about this with somebody that you had a dream about you and your dad. Yes, and you knew it wasn't a dream. You knew that was your father. Yeah. You know, so you know, 
whether it's your imagination mm-hmm. or if this is actually happening. And it's extremely scary when you're in the situation. But afterwards, and you're thinking about it, and you're bringing up those feelings again, it's kind of cool. Yeah, cool. it was for me. I mean, and it was an important time for me because uh, my dad and I, I mean, we we loved each other. There was no question, but we were, <laughs> we were both incredibly stubborn people. And so a lot of things had just gone unsaid. And then he passed and I was so far away from, you know, from him when he passed that I was just thinking, you know, there's, there's no other opportunity now that's done. And, uh, to meet with him during, during my sleep and, and in that dream, so incredibly real, so incredibly lucid, just even more real than, you know, me sitting here right now talking to you. It was just, the sensations were just magnified. So it was like, this is not a dream. And that smelled like him. It, it felt like him. And, and, and you know, the, the, the embrace that we were able to share and those, those words that we were able to exchange, it was so incredibly cathartic and healing. It was amazing. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you on that. I had, you know, the same type of relationship with my father. And it's, it's strange. You know, you actually had a pretty, a pretty good one. You should be very yeah. grateful that you were given that chance. Um, not everyone's that lucky. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, and I wish everybody was because, you know, for for a couple of reasons. First of all, it was able to heal that old pain that was there, and to move forward from it. But second of all, it's just nice to have that confirmation that they're okay. Because, like you and I were talking just before the show, it's like it's the big question: what's next? Is you know, are they okay? These people we love, are they okay? Are they you know, are they at peace? Are they happy? Yeah. And so to, to just have that meeting and to see how he, he was so warm and loving and, and I knew that he was fine. So it was really, it served such, so many levels it served to really make that uh, uh, an incredible experience. Oh, no, it's excellent. Yeah, yeah. it is. And, but I really wish everybody could have that because, you know, I think that it would make the grieving process so much lighter and, and okay, you know, okay. Not that, you know, we ever want to say goodbye to people, but just to know that they're okay and, and that they're... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Okay, everybody. I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Hey guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com stores paranormal portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in you know you've you've had these incredible experiences have you had any others um yes yeah, speaking of you know the whole father thing mm-hmm. um like, like i said i was going through a really hard time when my father first passed away mm-hmm. uh, he died suddenly of brain cancer so there wasn't really much you know, speaking, you know, it was just kind of one day he was good. Um, the next day he had a stroke, you know, the stroke led to you know, brain cancer, mm-hmm. uh, brain cancer led to, we give him a year to live, a year to live when, you know, he died within two months. Oh so there God. was none of that. You know, there was none of that. Right. But I did have, I was wondering, I'm like, if I've had these experiences before, why hasn't my father come to me and said anything to me? Right. You know, try to lessen this because I'm having a hard time dealing with this. Because I, I, I was completely out of my mind. Right. I was nasty. 
I couldn't be spoken to. I was violent. It was a really horrible place to be mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember having one specific dream. Um, we, I was back, you know, I'm looking at the, the place where we, the last place we lived together was in Howard Beach, Queens. Mm-hmm. And I walk down the stairs from my room and I see him, my mother, and my sister on the couch. And I knew right away, I'm like, this is not happening. You know, he's dead. Yeah. We don't live here. This isn't like I had my full way of thinking about me. And my father had his arm around my sister and he just, he turns around, he looks at me. He's like, I'm not staying, but you need to relax. And then that was it. That was the end of the dream. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, upsetting and a little, I wish I had what you had. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I wish I had a little bit more of a conversation with him, but you know, something's better than nothing, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is, it's, it's, it's still a visit, I guess, you know, and that's pretty powerful either way. Yeah, because, you, you know, you'd like to think that God forbid something ever happens to you and your kids need you, you'll yeah. find a way to get back to them. Yeah, yeah. That's, very how, good. I, that's how I see it, at least. Yep, very good point, yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I hope, it's hard to think about that, but yeah, if that, yeah, when that time comes. Yeah, that's the reality of it, though, you know? <laughs> you know, you deal with so much death, yeah. You know, kind of, you kind of have to think that way, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, God forbid something does happen to me, you know. Sure. I would move, you know, buildings if I had to get to my kid. My kid needed me. I'd move buildings to get to them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and there's a lot of stories out there like that of, of people having these incredible experiences. And some of them aren't, you know, maybe as incredible, but they're just that confirmation that 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 moment, even sometimes it's a glimpse. I, I mean, we've covered stories on the show where, in one case, and this is from a listener, they were they were leaving a hospital. Someone they loved had passed away, and it was a really hard time. But outside of the hospital, sitting on the bench, was a, a dead ringer for their grandfather, who they were very close to, who had passed away. And even to the point where the... Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah. And even to the point where when the person looked with their jaw wide open, the, the person sitting on the bench that looked just like the, gra- the grandfather, doppelganger and everything looked up and winked at them, <laughs> you know, so hmm. it's like, well, that's got to be a message. That's got to be the real thing, you know, so. Yeah, but, it's got to be a sign, man, because if there's no signs, if, they, if there's truly nothing after this, then what the hell are we doing? Right, yeah. You know, like, everything is for not. Right. Know, and that's really disappointing. Like, I'd rather prefer <laughs> to keep my faith and be called crazy or an idiot, because yeah. I'd rather have faith in what I'm doing than just be gone one day and that's it. Yeah, it's you know it's that whole higher meaning, that whole higher purpose. Because otherwise, this human condition is really frustrating and maddening. Mm. Because you know, obviously, there, there's times when it doesn't seem like people are making much progress at all. And uh, you know, at least if we know that there's a higher higher reason for it, or believe there's a higher reason, then it you know it can take a few more on the chin. Then you know, mm. you're absolutely <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. You got to fight for something, though. No? Right. Exactly. So. Uh, what else has happened then? Um, one other thing that really sticks out, uh, again, living on Long Island, like I said, you know, when you're asleep, you're kind of more open to stuff, and that's when people have a tendency to, to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Um, they can be just passerbys. Like, they don't, you don't have to live in a haunted house. Like, if you're just open to stuff, you're open to it. You know? Right. That's it. You're either, you're either in, your taxi cab light is on or it's off, and a lot of people <laughs> have theirs off because they don't either believe Mm-hmm. They don't have that type of faith, or it's just nonsense to them. Right. I've never been, you know, the type of person to say it's nonsense. It, it's something that I, I need to to feel and think of myself that I can communicate with all these people that I've lost, and I still talk to dead friends, my parents, uh, my grandparents. I talk to them all on a daily basis, hoping for something. Aww. You know, any type of sign, any type of anything. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you miss them, and that's what you need to do to get going. But if you, it's either you're open or you're not open. And I feel like I'm a very open person because my grandmother taught me to be very open when it came to stuff like that. Sure. And uh, it might have been a passerby, but I remember, you know, um, it wasn't even that long ago. I want to say maybe six years ago. I was in a house on Long Island that I owned at the time, and I was sleeping, and this woman kept on yelling her name into my ear. Like, I felt her on top of me. I knew she was right next to me. I can feel the heat from her body next to my head. Wow. And she just kept on repeating her name over and over and over again. And so I just like got up kind of half days and just went, kind of went, all right, shut up, I'm sleeping. You got to stop. And then <laughs> it kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. But she, I can't remember her name now, but she must have said it at least 10 times. Wow. And as soon as I did get myself together, 
you know, I called my sister. I said, please write this name down. Remember this name. You know, try to see if you can find this person, and I'll do the same. Unfortunately, it was kind of a cold road. I couldn't find anything. Maybe she died suddenly. Maybe something happened to her. Sure. Or maybe, you know, who knows what her story was, because, you know, I couldn't get any information on it. Mm-hmm. I figured with the Internet, I'd be able to get something. Unfortunately, I didn't. But, you know, it's just like it had to have been something. If she was going to bother me like that, if she could know that I can hear her and she was going to basically harass me yeah. into wake, into waking up, mm-hmm. you know, then there must have been something I could do for her. And it really does sound silly saying it out loud. but No, I, 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 I believe wholeheartedly in what you're saying. You know, I felt like if there was something I could do, then it was my, it was my place to do it. But, yeah. you know, incidentally, there was nothing I could possibly do for the woman. I tried. That's all you can really do, I guess. Sure. Nothing is ever going to be open and shut. Yeah, you you're know? right. You're absolutely right. But, you know, I think you're right. I think there's there's definitely that that whole unfinished business angle of things that, uh, you know, we have these experiences and maybe they are for those reasons that we can help finish that business for them or help them to make the transition after that's all, you know, taken care of. But... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's not always, I mean, there's a lot of information out there, but there's also, it can be confusing and hard to find anything relevant to, <laughs> I know. Well, I yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know when this woman died. She could have died a hundred years ago. Like I knew nothing about the woman. Right. Yeah. All I knew was at that moment, I just knew her name because she mm-hmm. kept shouting it at me. That's you know, right. so that was really, you know, about it. Mm-hmm. So it could have been, she could have been from New York. She could have been from God knows where, you know, could have been died in the 1930s mm-hmm. like you just you just don't know have you ever like just walked into a place and you just know like there's there's people here yes. there are people still here for some reason mm-hmm. you know it's that type of feeling yeah yeah you know? I, I i totally agree and i've experienced that many times um and i don't know you know you gotta wonder why did they stick around but uh, again could be any number of reasons or you know, whether it's the unfinished business or if it's you know, they knew they weren't living a good life and uh, the prospect of being judged and persecuted for uh, and maybe a wasted life is more intimidating than just staying in a closet, you know? So mm. it's hard to understand for sure why they stick around, but um, it, it is it is a conundrum of sorts. And, there, and there's any number of reasons why presences could be there. But I agree wholeheartedly that there are some that just wander they, and they don't seem tied to a a place or anything. They just wander. I think that should be it. You know, like they should want to wander, I guess, in a way. Like yeah. Hopefully it's it's between the two worlds if there is such a thing. Sure. But they're not just, I hope that they're not just stuck here. Right. You know, like they're, if they're waiting for some sort of help, mm-hmm. I think people are way too selfish now to even be that open-minded, you know, to, to go out of their way and help somebody that they never knew. So I, I pray that they're not stuck. Yeah. Because that would just be, that'd be awful. I'm with you there. It's, 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 (laughs) it's, uh, especially when it comes to the children, like, you know, you had talked about the child before. I mean, I can't think of anything more, more disturbing than the fact that there's some little, little child who met an uh, an incredibly unfortunate end and then is left to wander and try to, you know, make sense out of that. That, that to me just seems so contrary to anything good and just and right. But I, you know, I guess you do hear a lot about that. Though. I know, but you do hear a lot about there being kids. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know if it's because you know maybe a hundred years ago kids died easier. You know, when they got sick, you know, sure. losing inoculations and things. Right. But and a lot of I've heard a lot of stuff from people. And it's usually like a little girl in a white dress. Yeah. <laughs> type. But you know, fictionality to it. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm not laughing because that's funny, but I'm just thinking, you know, how many of those stories then turn into. And then it was uh, a lizard creature, and and there were scratches, and and there was an exorcism. You know, I mean, I think that I think that sometimes dark spirits choose that kind of form because oh, yeah. because it opens us up. You know, when we see a child, we're like, oh, I want to help you, I want to help you, and you just put down all your defenses because you see a child. And I think anybody that's wired normally psychology is going, psychologically is going to be that way. Like we don't want to see chi- children suffer, and so. If if there are these dark things, and I believe there are, that seem to need to, uh, you know, get to us in order to survive or to feed off of us or whatever or to corrupt us, the quickest way to get there is to appear like a child because automatically our, our shields are down and we're just trying to embrace this poor little soul 
And uh, then, you know, and then comes the scratches and the screaming and the exorcisms, you know. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so. Uh, the would be the best way to get into it. Yeah, I right. I agree, though. Yeah, and, and that's yeah, creepy. I can see that. Yeah, but. I think I think there's a whole lot going on around us at all times, and I think if we if we suddenly had the ability to see perfectly, we would see that there's just like a, a, a crowds, and you know people coming and going and in and out all the time. I think that that's not uncommon at all. I think we live in a very spiritual realm. It's just we're not open to it like we maybe should be or or could be. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It's a crazy world. Some people bro. need it. Yeah. yeah. Some people need it. Some people don't. You know, other people are happy with their realities. Other people need a little something more. Mm-hmm. I know I you do. Know? It's like it's <laughs> the whole religion thing. It's there can't be this many religions and just one of them be right. It's physically it's impossible. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that they're all right and they're maybe all missing the mark in some way or shape. And and I don't pretend to know which is which. But, oh, yeah, of course. And maybe they're all right. You know, like maybe they're all perfectly right. It's just, you know, I've often thought about religion. I'm like trying to understand the whole dynamic of it. And, and, and I consider myself a very spiritual person and, and very, uh, you know, um, very aligned with that. But I think that, I think religion is kind of like um, gates to a garden, you know, like there's this beautiful garden and, and we all run around this gates, this fence of the garden trying to find our way in. But there's signs over each gate, and we have to find the one we can read, and then we can get in the garden. You know what I mean? I agree with that. I yeah. agree with that. I think the important thing at the end of the day is, and a lot of people obviously who believe in you know what we believe in, mm-hmm. uh, but it's only important to have faith and and just respect and and just follow it. Yeah. You know, nothing's right, nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know, and we're not going to know. Right. Or at least not now, anyway. Yeah, I agree, brother. I agree. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. All right, everybody, and we're back, and we're back at it here on the Paranormal Portal podcast. Buckle up, we're going in. Do you have any others? Uh, I do, you know, in case anybody needs to hear something that'll give you a little bit of hope mm-hmm. in this world. Um, like I said, when I was a long hour and I was still around the age of 12 and 13, I remember, you know, I was just about to receive my confirmation. I was very close to my grandfather on my father's side. That's mm-hmm. the, the people's house that we lived in with the, the ghosts and whatnot. And uh, he was very excited. He was very Catholic. You know, we're very Catholic. And he was super excited that I was going to receive my confirmation. And we were making all these plans. And um, he actually died a week before. He had a heart attack suddenly and passed away. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I said, he had eight kids. Uh, He would do a lot of silly things with those eight kids. One of the silly things that he used to do is he used to leave a penny heads up in their houses every time he would visit. <laughs> so if they weren't home, he was still walking in. He didn't care. So just leave a penny on the counter, heads up, so he knew that he was there. Everybody, all the kids knew it. Mm-hmm. And um, he had passed away mm-hmm. a week before. It was a matter of my confirmation. I know this is going to be built to, you know, my father passing, so excuse the long story. Oh, no worries. Um, it, it was the night before. Um, the night of, excuse me. We didn't want to party. We didn't want to to really go out and eat. Like, we went out to eat, but we were all so depressed, you know, that he had just died that no one really, you know, we weren't trying to have a good time. Right. So I remember we went home. You know, my grandmother was in the living room watching TV. I was upstairs in my room, and I'm laying in my bed, and I'm just, you know, trying to fall asleep. You know, not think about him, just trying to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Oddly enough, my door opened, my door closed. Uh, My chair wheeled its way from my desk and adjusted itself to facing my bed. I freaked out, and I ran down the stairs, and I told my grandmother what happened, and she was like, don't worry about it, just, you know, lay here with me, and, you know, you'll fall asleep soon enough. And my father came, brought me back up to my room, and he said the entire room reeked of my grandfather's cologne. And he made it. I I need to believe that, that he made it there that night. Mm -hmm. He said he was going to be there, he wanted to be there, and he made it. He was there with me that whole day, whether I saw him or not. And at the end of it, he, 
he decided to scare me, but, you know, <laughs> it, it shows me now that he was there. Yeah. And, and we all knew it. Yeah, my, my father smelled his cologne, his dad's cologne. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, I'm sure, knew because, you know, she believed what I told her. And years later, um, talking about my father passing away, uh, I had gone home. We had unplugged him, you know. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't waking up. The doctor said it's time to, time to make a decision, so he didn't want to be a vegetable. Right. We pulled the plug. You know, we all had our time. You know, I said my goodbyes to him. Um, he had, I saw him, you know, he cried for the last time. Mm. But I left. You know, I couldn't, I had a very young son at the time. My other son is 16 now, so he was eight months at the time. I took him home. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a call, you know, the next day saying that he had, he had passed away. And my uncle, who's not my blood uncle, he's my uh, my aunt's husband. Okay. who knew him since he was 17 years old, stayed with my father until they wheeled him out of the room. Mm. And when they wheeled him out of the room, what was underneath his bed? A penny, guess? A penny face up? A penny heads up. <laughs> so if that doesn't tell you that he didn't come and get his son and that everything was going to be okay, I don't know what does. Oh, that's beautiful. I got chills. It's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. All of that, yeah. 100% factual. Oh, yeah. 100% factual. And it's nuts. And it's those little things, you know, those little gifts that we get that should keep us going. You know, and I, I, it gets I think that, that that kind of stuff probably happens so often. And, and we just don't, we, we're, I think we always expect these grand gestures and stuff. But I think it's those subtle things that we often overlook that show that they're there, you know. And, and I, think, I think smells, as you mentioned before, uh, smells are a big part of that when you talked about your, you know, the smelling the, the, the cologne. And I think that, that that's very real, that, that maybe spirits use that as a simple way to show like I'm here. And I, I'll, yeah. I catch smells in my house all the time that remind me of loved ones that have passed. And I, and I really do think that that's how they say, look, I'm stopping by checking in on you. And, uh, it's just a little subtle, non, non-threatening kind of kind of gesture to say that I'm here. And I think it's really powerful. So that, that penny heads up. There might be a million people that would say, well, you know, just by chance, whatever. But yeah. it's the significance of that symbol that makes it so powerful and, and makes it so amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy when you think about it. The day, actually, my father's funeral, you know, we went out. I don't know if you guys do the same thing, Catholics. You know, after the mass, he was cremated. So after we cremated him, we all met up at an Italian restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking in, and my father smoked a, a very particular brand of cigarette. Okay. A very particular brand. And it's very noticeable. And as we're walking in, I look at the ashtray outside the restaurant, and his cigarette is there burning. <laughs> it was crazy. It's, I believe it's you. It's nuts. That's... The little things. Like, it's, it's, it's nuts. Wow. Crazy stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, little things. I know you need to see something. You know, you just got to look out for it. Yes, exactly. And I think I think that's the key. That's the takeaway. Is that, you know, we get in our tunnel visions and we don't see much of anything. But I think these signs are always around us. It's just that we have to open up our minds and and our awareness to take them in. You know, we because it's like as our as our lives have progressed and as technology progresses, it seems like the tunnel is narrowing all the time what we can focus on or what we do focus on. And, and I think that those signs are probably given to us all the time and we just pass them by without really taking notice. Yeah, right. Life is a lot sometimes. It's hard. Yeah, it, you know, it gets tricky. It gets nasty. Mm-hmm. You know? You're absolutely right. Yeah, I think it's yeah, very, very powerful. Very powerful stuff. And I think they are around us. I really do. I know that uh, differing people have differing opinions of that. But I think that... I think that love survives no matter what, and so does that bond, and so does that commitment to each other. And just because somebody has passed doesn't mean that they're not in your life anymore. You just got to figure out how to see them now, because I think they're still there. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> well, I, at, least I'm, at least I'm thinking a lot about it. I don't know, you know, right or wrong or otherwise. I, I like that, that idea that... You know, there's so much more that we have yet to explore and understand. And, and uh, I, I do think that they bring, bring us symbols and, and reminders all the time. But I think scents are pretty, pretty much probably the most common, in my opinion. I could be wrong, but just in my opinion. No, I think you're right. 
because a lot of people come up with the same thing. Like I've never, my wife is very into this type of stuff, so I've discussed openly with her, mm-hmm. you know, my thoughts and everything that's ever happened. And she's into it, so she doesn't judge. She's a believer herself. Sure. Uh, but there are other people, and you know, their main argument is, and you know, they're right in a way, but they're not. It's if you know, ghosts really do exist. Why wouldn't it have been on the news? You know, if aliens exist, wouldn't they have been on the news already? <laughs> wouldn't the public know about this type of stuff? And I think probably not because they don't want to cause mass panic. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you know, are ghosts going to make somebody money? You know, right. I think that's what really drives people. Yeah, you can be, you can look at things how you want to look at it, but you know, I choose to believe. I know you do the same. Mm -hmm. I do, and and I think that, I think that, you know, if you think of the of the, the lasting nature of ghosts. I mean, there's been ghost stories since there's been people coming together. I mean, you know, in the ancient times, there's ghost stories, and and those still persist to this day, and people still have experiences to this day but uh, i don't know if there's a reluctance by anyone to to uh, you know prove or, or to disprove it I mean, well i i think that most people don't probably give it much thought to be honest with you i think they're just in their little tunnel visions and they and you had said it before kind of perfectly you talked about people like the world that like it is you know they like their the, the three dimensions and the and the floor walls and ceiling and and they like things just so and so when, when something shakes that paradigm people get really uncomfortable but yep. um, there are a lot of shows out there obviously that are that are trying to bring proof or or validity to the subject and and I think that they do to some degree I think they're also pretty fantastically edited in a lot of times a lot of cases as well but um, we had just gone to a place called Coloma in Montana uh, just recently, mm. and we we are, were you know doing um, in a session using a, a thing called the portal, and it's a, a phon- phonetic generator. And we got some intelligent responses, which you know when you think of the mathematics of it, would have just been astronomical odds against getting any kind of intelligent response due to just these sounds that are randomly generated. But in between that, we had. We had talked, we went to this, uh, you know, this abandoned hunting cabin up in the mountain and there's, you know, nobody around. The place is just in, in, you know, a state of dilapidation. And there was this bowl that was up on top of, of the, the, the oil barrel furnace that they had kind of put together. And it was that oil barrel furnace was all rusted out and it was, you know, obviously never going to be used together, but again, but there was a plastic bowl on top with some water in it. And we were sitting there talking about this bowl because we had visited during the day and we were trying to remember, was that here before or is that not, you know, was, is, is it, why is it here now? And we were talking about it. And just then in one of the recorders uh, that we had going, a whispering voice comes through and it says, forget about the bowl. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Swear to God. True story. Uh, I, oh, that's, I'd love to hear that. That's crazy. The, the sound file, I, we played it on last Wednesday's show on our YouTube channel. And uh, uh, I'll have okay, to I'll have to put it together in one of the podcasts as well. Once we get all the all of the evidence uh, lined up in a in a way that I can present it. Obviously, with the podcast, it's audio only, so the EVP would be a great uh, a great thing to discuss and uh, bring to the podcast. But it was just this whispery voice, and for the for, for a long time, we couldn't figure out what is it saying for sure. It was like welcome to the fold or something, and then I was like, <laughs> once I realized the context of what we were doing, it was very intelligently interacting with us, like. Forget about the ball, or, or Forget, it's the it's our bedroom. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's my it's my ghost bedroom. Don't <laughs> talk about it on video. That's my ectoplasm. That's Get funny. out of here. <laughs> 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 exactly. But it was such a profound thing that happened, and and it was once once we especially when we realized what it was saying, I just got chills because it is such a profound thing to be looking for this kind of activity. And when you find it, it's like catching lightning in a bottle. It's just like, oh my God, you know, we got it. We got a, you know, we had an interaction here and it was however, however brief the fact that we had an intelligent response, you know, in that one moment of recording was just so powerful to me. That stuff is rare, man. People think like you, you say silly things like, you know, like I've been saying, and people think that you're like, oh, you think you're a psychic? Uh, you can talk to ghosts all the time. 
It is far and few that it happens. Anyone that's open to it is very far and few. Yes. And if you're able to catch something with proof, Mm -hmm. that is amazing. Because it's all word of mouth. Right. It's all word of mouth. You know, it's amazing that you, like, if you're actually able to catch something and have evidence of something that you're talking about. Right. That's it's that's nuts. Yeah. That's it, completely nuts. It that's is. why I do like we were talking about it earlier. It's like how much how seriously can you take some of these shows? Sure. You know, that are on T V. A lot of them are really, really good because I watch them all with my life. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of them are really good. Yeah. Uh, but it's the ones that go about like the history of it. I'm not talking about like the three the three X bounces. <laughs> that walk around and whisper to each other with a camera, you know, because that's obviously that's made for money. Sure, you know, and that kind of gives, you know, the things we talk about, mm-hmm. it gives it a like a joke of a meaning. Sure, but there are other ones, and like you, you know, you're talking about now doing like real stuff. Yes, and it was I, I I can't remember the name of the show nor would I say it on your show, but it's you know it doesn't matter where you are if there's something old you're gonna catch some feedback and people are like oh it's residual. Mm-hmm. From like hundreds of years ago, I'm not. I'm not really sure about that whole thing. That things kind of store up energy. Sure. I don't know about that, but I do know because I worked at a restaurant, and I'll give them a shout out on this so they can make a couple of dollars because the chef's a real nice guy, Mike. Mm-hmm. It's called Purdy's Farmer and the Fish, and it's in Westchester, and it's in um, it's in Westchester, but it's a farm. Okay. Everything was farm to table, but the restaurant is a house, and this house is extremely old. And I tell you, going through, like, the storage spaces, all their offices were up in, like, the attic spaces and stuff. There were people walking around up there. Wow. And it's be, I think it's because the house was so old, there's so much culture. Everyone's like, oh, don't you know how much culture? This house is 200 years old. And I'm like, yeah, I know, because there's still people from 200 years ago walking around the house. Like, it's crazy. Right. It's crazy. It is really cool and, and, and bizarre. And, you know, that whole the whole idea of those ghostly footsteps, I think, is... It's, it can be so intimidating. You know? It's it's got to be like a, a psychological thing that they do on purpose just to get a rise out of people, and maybe it's because they're bored. Maybe you know, maybe being being a, be a disembodied uh, spirit is just like, hey, watch this, you know. And they get together in groups and just try to get rises out of people, um, <laughs> because I mean, it's so creepy. You hear these stories. I was lying in my bed and suddenly I heard steps coming up the stairs, footsteps, and then it's, they went down the hall towards my room and then it came to my room door and then suddenly they stopped. And I'm like, oh my God, what a mind screw is that, you know? <laughs> oh, it is. It definitely is. And a lot of my friends, when I was younger, I would tell them, listen, you're going to spend the night, I had bunk beds in my room. I'm like, you're going to spend the night here. I'm letting you know there's a ghost. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear him. Don't be scared. He's not nasty. He used to live here. He's a nice guy. And they were like, I'm not going to hear nothing. There's no ghost that lives in your house. And I'd wake up in the morning, and they'd be in my bed with me. And I'd be like, why are you in my bed? And they'd be like, you didn't hear that? I'm like, hear what? The running up and down all night long? You didn't hear the running in the attic? You didn't hear the staircase? I'm like, I'm used to it. I live here. But it's like, well, of course, they got to do something with their time, right? Right. And it must just get a charge out of them like, pfft. And, you know, maybe, yeah. it's, maybe it's to prove a point, you know, <laughs> I think that there is something to be said for the acknowledgement. And I think if, it, it kind of makes sense if you were, if you were this, this, you know, suddenly you didn't have a body and you were in a place for whatever reason you're there and people would come and go all the time, but nobody would ever acknowledge you. And maybe that's, yeah. maybe that really is one of the ways that they just get some kind of validation. Like I am here. I am real, you know, and yeah. I, want I still matter. Yeah, right. Yeah, matter to somebody. yeah. And absolutely. I, th- I think that that could could be some of it because it's got to be just absolutely crazy to be ignored all the time, and uh, that's just the way that they make sure they're not going to get ignored. <laughs> but I, I really want to thank you for coming on the show, Ben. This has been really cool. I I really like talking to you because uh, you I know, appreciate it. Thank you for having me again. I love the pleasure. Oh, thank you, and thanks for bringing all of your experiences to our to the show and to our listeners. Um, please, you know, if anything else comes up, please let me know. You know, we'll get you back on to talk about anything new that happens. Um, I know you still have some more things to discuss, but we're about out of time. But if, if you decide that you want to come back, I'd love to have you again, brother. It's been a fantastic discussion. Oh, it was my pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I hope they enjoyed hearing, you know, what I have to say. Well, I, I know I did, and, and uh, I, I can't imagine they wouldn't as well. But um, And please give your family our best, and uh, thanks for being a listener. That's amazing. Huh. It's very kind of you. Thank you so much. 
All right. Well, take care, brother, and we'll talk to you soon. You too. Okay, ciao. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L, and uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows in our uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So I hope you'll check it, check it out, guys. We're over there at youtube.com slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody.